0: I think you could get rid of a change the unit of measurement to go into the chunking. Because if we're chunking, then that is by definition. But now I'm back to nine. I'm back to nine, you sadist.
1: I show your work and then raise the bar. We're at 10 right now. You want to take me to nine? Yeah. What's wrong with you?
0: How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table, because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice.
2: Hey, business owners. At Scalable, we know there are three key steps to getting your team clear on where they are in relation to your company's goals. The first step is to identify three to five metrics that tell the clearest story on how this team is helping the company hit its growth goals. The second step is to create clear targets so your team can declare in advance what winning looks like. And the third step is to measure these targets on a weekly basis. When your team is forced to interact with the numbers themselves, they begin to truly know their numbers. If you want to see how we track our numbers here at Scalable, you can get a free template at businesslunchpodcast.com slash dashboard. That's businesslunchpodcast.com slash dashboard.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch with Ryan Dice. And I am Roland Frazier your hosts for today. So we just basically get together and talk about stuff. And today we're going to talk about some stuff that Ryan was bringing up that actually, to me, is going to be very helpful to everybody. So Ryan, why don't you kick it off? Yeah. I mean, so
1: like a lot of the things we talk about, they come out of, you know, just general frustrations in running companies. Right, and and I got a little bit frustrated. I got a little bit frustrated with the team, with one of our portfolio groups. And this isn't the first time this happened. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, it's not about any one person. It was really just a a general kind of culture. Who Were you
0: most frustrated with? What was the name of the person on the team you were most frustrated with? Richard Linder. I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. No, I'm I'm totally joking. All kidding
1: aside, it it really wasn't. It wasn't Richard. And it and it wasn't truly wasn't any one person. What I found, I think a lot of entrepreneurs see this, just the general culture. Like, have you ever known a slow talker?
0: Oh yeah, well, slow talkers are tough and long talkers also. They just like many, many words when only a few would do. Right, i well, probably- I like the Benjamin be Franklin the letter that he's like, I wanna apologize for the length of my letter. It would have been much yeah. shorter had I had more time. I like that. Yeah, so I probably struggle
1: with the latter, which is using way too many words to say
0: very little. I confess, I'll, I'll admit to that. I've never experienced like sitting for an entire day when you talk the entire day and I didn't get to speak. I mean, just, you know, that's never happened that I can remember. Hypothetically speaking, but we're not talking about you right now. And we're not talking about that. We're talking
1: about slow talkers. And like, that's brutal for me because I'm just sitting, I'm like, I can feel myself dying. And I feel like at one of our companies, it was the equivalent of like, the entire team was a, was like a slow talker in terms of, of of their output. And one of the the realizations that I had, like anytime I'd say, when, we should do this, when do you think we're going to get this done? The answer was always something along this these lines. It was, yep, yep we're definitely going to work through that this week and should have it done by the end of next week. Like that was always like just about anytime there was a request, it was, yep, we're definitely we're going to work on this and should have it done by the end of next week. Well, a couple of things there. Number one, the end of next week, Is not a time. It's at best an idea or a concept, but I can't tell you the vast majority of the time, the end of next week turned into sometime the next week. And so, this idea that I'm like, hey, let's do this thing, maybe we're getting to it in three weeks. Maybe it's getting done in three weeks. That's just not fast enough. And so, I got frustrated. I was like, look, speed is a choice. Right? This was my, so I'm basically giving everybody kind of my rant that I went on with the team. I was like, speed is a choice. Okay. And while you can't always choose how long certain projects take, there are three things that you can choose. One of them is just the scope. You can choose the scope of the project. So if you truly can't tell me how long it's going to take to get this, you know, if we can't get this done until sometime next week, what can you get done by the end of this week? Heck, what can you get done today? So let's narrow the scope. Yeah. So I think that goes to chunking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you can choose your unit of measurement. Uh, Screw weeks. I don't even want days, give me hours. And you can also just choose your output. And so, or your effort, sorry, your, the amount of effort that you put in. And, and so that just kind of got me thinking. And I was like, I want to make a list. I'm going to start making a list of all of the things that we can do to get more stuff done faster. Because I don't know an entrepreneur alive, even if things are moving pretty quickly. I don't know anybody who wishes they didn't move faster. So I started accumulating a list of things that we can do to move faster. And I just like to run through some of the things. We can brainstorm them. If you've got any other ideas, we can add to it. Maybe our listeners can throw in some of their ideas. But I've got eight, which is like not a good number. You know, eight isn't necessarily a a great number. So I hope if nothing else, we either lose one and drop it down to seven or we can come up with two more and maybe we get to 10 because eight's like terrible. All right, so here's the first one.
0: What? i was laughing because because you're right. It's like I, we need seven. We can have nine, but seven would be yeah. great. Yeah, eight's stupid. All right,
1: so number one, better like define the problem better. Which already this is not worded well, but you know, def- do a better job at defining the problem. I think a lot of times when stuff takes forever, it's because we've done a really terrible job defining the problem. We spend too much time, or we we jump too quickly to to actually start the work. And I, this sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but it's the like spend longer sharpening the ax so that the tree, you know, goes down faster. I think entrepreneurs were very quick to jump into problem solving mode. So spending more time on the front end to just define what the heck is the problem that we're solving for? Because very often we're just doing stuff and forget why we're solving it. So that was kind of the, the first thing is spend a little more time clearly defining what the problem is. Anything you would add to that? Agree? Disagree? Think it's stupid? No, I think.
0: Let, let me hear them. If I if I get anything as I as we go through, I'll, I'll comment, right. and then we can chat once we're done. All right. Number two, narrow the focus. And uh, Frank Slootman, have you? Did you ever read Amp It Up?
1: I think. I'll, yeah, maybe. I don't
0: know. I read too many things. I don't remember it. Okay.
1: I read so many books, I can't even remember if I read that one.
0: No, I mean, I really don't. It's like people. You go to a you go to an event, and you know, I'll <laughs> go through. I go through periods where I'm ravenous for information. And then I'm just like, you know, everything from everywhere. And I truly don't remember half the books I've read until somebody says, no, it's the one that talked about that like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Frank Slootman is like kind of the, you know, generally when you bring in
1: an outside CEO to come in and run the company in Silicon Valley, it's kind of historically a disaster. The exception multiple times over is Frank Slootman. So he runs Snowflake now. Prior to that, it was ServiceNow. I mean, he's just, he's been kind of the, the adult that came in from the outside and scaled the company. Uh, so great book, amp it up, worth reading. But his whole concept was, he asks his team, if you could only focus on one thing all year, what would it be, right? A variation of the one thing. And just the idea of narrowing the focus, bad ideas don't kill companies, it's the attempt to do too many good ideas. So, you know, define the problem, narrow the focus. Oftentimes, we can get more done if we simply narrow the focus of what we're trying to, because I've found that while this wasn't the case with the team last week, I found that for me, you know, and and for us, we slow down a lot when we try to do multiple things. Try to do too many things at once, and especially when they're 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 disconnected from one another. Which kind of gets me number three: stack compounding tasks, right? Compounding. So we we know about like compounding interest, right? And the benefit that it can have of having compounding interest. The same applies to effort. And so I found myself a lot of times working on different projects simultaneously, and they didn't build upon one another. Like this thing was a a piece that to this other thing and this thing was a piece to the other thing. And so there was no compounding of effort. And so asking yourself, like, how can I execute a series of dependent compounding tasks, you know, one built on top of the other, as opposed to a whole lot of other stuff. So and that only works by the way, if you narrow the focus, which only works if you clearly define the problem. So define the problem, narrow the focus, stack compounding tasks. This I think is the is is a biggie. we talked about it before, but create single threaded teams. Right, a lot of you know our execution failures have been caused by asking one or more people to do multiple things at the same time. Right, that we're kind of disconnected. So that's number four, number five. Assemble all the resources that you need ahead of time. So this idea of mise en place, you know, like the whole French French chef when they're cooking, they're going to have all of their ingredients out already portioned, so they can just do what they need. I think there's something to be said for if you want to get a lot of work done quickly, and it's like a lot of these things I realized it involves more prep work on the front end. And so, it again, it, it doesn't feel right, but it allows you to go faster. This, I think, is a biggie. I mentioned this before. Change your unit of measurement. If there is one thing that I think anybody listening can do if you ignore everything else is simply demand of yourself and anyone working for you. They're not allowed to use the term months or years ever, period, end of story. And weeks is going to require like, special approval, you know, by the CEO to quote things in like in weeks. I'm joking a little bit about weeks, but I have found anytime something gets quoted in, oh yeah, we should have that done next month. It's always six. Right. And so just changing the unit of measurement, if, if somebody's going to say months, you know, four weeks is the same as a month. But when you start thinking four weeks, you break it down, you know, okay. So 14 days. Is it really 14 days though? Because there's weekends. So how many days are we actually talking about? You know, what about hours? And so changing the unit of measurements. This is a biggie number seven. Show your work. Show your work. Things take forever when people wait until the last minute for like that ta-da moment. And because there's no feedback loops during the process, which you kind of need for kind of that, that rapid iteration, like I think two bad things happen. One, you release because you've got this project that you're waiting until the end. And I've done this, I've done this with you before, right? I've done this with my business partners where it's like, it's done. I did it. You're welcome. It's like, like, but it sucks. I'm thinking, I know. But the team has done it to me as well, right? Where they wait until the end. It's like, ta-da. And when the ta-da kind of falls flat, that's hugely demoralizing and a massive waste of time because you got to start over. That showing your work would have done it faster. But the other piece is like, I found that this is when scope creep happens. Like a lot of times projects take forever because the project keeps expanding because the goalposts keep moving. And a lot of this happens because you get anxiety because you know there's this ta-da moment. And so you want it to be, you know, perfect. And so if you just say at every step along the way, anytime something happens, I'm going to show people, hey, here's what I got. What do you think? The risk is you invite a ton of opinions, And the opinions could potentially take you in a lot of different directions that could, you know, that could cause slowdown in other ways. But I think it's a, I think that that is a a risk worth taking, especially if you just say, I want to get people's opinion, but they don't necessarily, you know, uh, like I'm going to, I'm going to take in the opinion, like thanks, you've been heard, but I'm going to move forward or maybe not. Depends on who's making the decision. And then lastly, I think it's important just like in general, raise the bar on everything. And this is the thing, man, I will give you credit for you are so freaking good at this, just raising the bar in terms of both standards, like standards of performance, and then also the expectation of the result, right? If if the standards of performance, if what we're going to hold people to is higher standards, people get way more excited about that because they want to be, the right people get excited about it because they want to be challenged, they want to get better. The wrong people leave, which is awesome in and of itself. But not only does it, The standards but also the expectations i mean you know we think this thing can only do 100 grand why not a million right people just get excited about big projects that mean something and they don't get excited about you know little kind of mamby-pamby things and so they're not motivated just to move very fast and so oftentimes if you want to you know control like your your general effort right which you do have control over right? You you got control over the scope of the project, the unit of measurement, the effort. The way you control your effort is not by just, hey, suck it up and get it done. It's by having something that's worthy of the effort. So that's way I think. Raise the bar, show your work, change the unit of measurement, assemble your resources ahead of time, mise en place, create single-threaded teams, stack compounding tasks, narrow the focus, define the problem. That's what I scratched out in my notes after being frustrated incidentally credit to the team i don't want to because they all our team listens to this stuff they responded really really well so i was very proud of them and no, everybody was like you know you're right whatever
0: there was everybody was super cool about it but that's what i wrote what i miss let's let's take a break for our sponsor and let them have a word with the audience here and then we'll come back and Hmm. chat about how's that sound
2: Hey, Business Lunch listeners, we're going to get right back to the show. But Roland wanted me to invite you to a brand new training that he's doing on acquiring businesses with no money out of pocket. It's something that he's talked quite a bit about on the show, but he's doing a free training where he's going to walk through the entire process. So if you want to get access to that, go to businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic. That's businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic, and you can get signed up.
0: Okay, we're back. So run through the, the list real
1: quick, Ryan, again. Yeah. Number one, define the problem. Number two, narrow the focus. Number three, stack compounding tasks. Number four, create single threaded teams. Number five, assemble resources ahead of time. Number six, change the unit of measurement to something shorter. Number seven, show your work. Number eight, raise the bar.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I think those are all great. To me, it's like, I, I am always, as you know, it's 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 why can't we move faster? It's been a a challenge I've had with a lot of the different companies that we've gotten involved with. But, but I think like the very first thing is just the concept that it is possible. And so what is the possibility? And, and I think that comes from a thought experiment. So it would go towards your prep, I think, is that when you say, okay, so we're going to create a challenge, we're going to write a course, we're going to write a book, whatever it is you want to do, we're going to create a campaign, then it's, okay, what's the estimated time that we're going to do that? We're going to do that. And let's say we're in a quarterly strategic planning meeting. We say, this is is something that we want to do when we're brainstorming. Okay. What if we did, what if we had to do that in half the time? I like that thought experiment is what would have to be true for us to be able to accomplish this in half the time that we've said that we're going to accomplish it in. And I think that alone causes you to think differently and think outside the box for answers. There's like, well, it always takes this long to have this. Why does it do that? Can we run that in parallel? Can, I mean, why? Why? Why are we accepting these facts? It's first principles, right? Let's go and assume that everything is possible without being constrained by the tyranny of time and the tyranny of how, and just say, what if we want to make this happen? That thought experiment, to me, I find to be super, super effective. And then even, even if it, it doesn't com- get you to half the time. Right. Maybe you come out of it. You're like,
1: even I, it, I, I think the point that you made is really important, which is it's a, the question leads to the thought experiment. It may result in we can get the same project done in half the time. It may result in well, we couldn't get it done in half the time. We get it done in a quarter of the time, which is still a huge win. It may result in we can get it done in half the time, but we need to reduce the scope. But in reality, we can reduce the scope without materially altering the impact that this project would have right? Yep. And so the yep. values in the thought experiment, whether or not you wind up at half the time or not.
0: Oh, yeah, agree. 100%. Right. And, yeah. and then, you know, it's just it's like, it's just getting to the maximum efficiency possible. And then I think it's for me, it's okay, well, then, now we've got the thing that we want to do. And this comes to chunking, or I think specificity, or units, maybe that you were talking about, which is, when when we do something, we basically say, what are all of the things that have to be done to make this happen? And who is taking ownership of each of those things? And then what are the action steps specifically that that person needs to take to make the thing happen? And then what is the next point at which we will check in? So what's the milestone? So now you've got chunking, you've got into into specific small pieces, because the end result is only ever the result of several small steps. Then you've got who is going to own each chunk, what are then the specific because now we've got stakeholders, and people who are going to be held accountable, then you've got what are the action steps specifically that they're going to take, which we now then break down each chunk into the specific actions that each of these people who are stakeholders have to take to make the thing that's going to happen happen. And then the time based component, which is, okay, when are those action steps going to be happening. And I'll tell you like in every meeting I do, I'm like, okay, so what are the action steps and who's going to do that? Okay. And when are you going to have that done by? And just that creation of specificity and accountability and ownership, I think happens, you know, I, I think it, it creates the happening of things much faster, particularly in teams, because anytime there are interdependencies on that, nobody wants to be the person that's dropping the ball and causing the whole team to miss out. This, this happened to me at, I used to play in bands, right? And it would happen because everybody would learn their part, everybody would learn the song. And then the one person didn't have time to learn. And now you're all sitting there sitting around, you know, waiting for the one person to listen to the song four or five times and figure out the parts that they need to play. This to me is, is it's, we are a band or a symphony of sorts in all of our teams. And all of us, need to play the, the part that we need to play and we've all got roles. And so I think it just gets muddied very often when you're saying, okay, we're going to launch a challenge to do this. Great. That sounds good. When are we going to do it? We're going to do that third quarter. Okay. You yeah, know, that's awesome. That's aspirationally vague, you know, but when <laughs> right. you get down to, okay, Who's, what are the, th- what are we break that down into all the things that need to happen and then assign those things and then say, what are the action steps? And we have accountability and ownership that I find to be super, super helpful. And then I was thinking like, like the, I, I mean,
1: I so we can stop because if you go to 11, I'm screwed.
0: Uh, well, we can, we can keep going. keep going. No, no, no I'm, I'm, just brainstorming. Okay, I'm keep we, can, going. we can throw out the, going. you know, <laughs> some of them, but uh, yeah. So I was thinking about like smart goals are specific, measurable, which we talked about. I think the people have to time block as well. Like you really have to help people with time management. So I'll very often with the team say, so when are you going to, when are you going to do that? And have you, are you scheduling an appointment with yourself to make that happen? That's, that's very helpful. They're attainable. Uh, which I think is a little academic. And what is it? I know T is time-based and R I think is relevant. That's the other thing. So relevancy is important because I think that a lot of waste happens in picking the wrong things. And so if you start with like, we have a to-do list exercise that is the first thing on the to-do list, there's five categories. The first thing is, does it add to revenue or profit? Does it add to revenue or profit? Because if we're not spending time on things that primarily add to revenue and profit, then we're not going to have as much revenue and profit. And then the second prioritization is, does it help reduce an existing cost, right? And then number five, way, way down the list is everything else. So it's like the first four things, I was trying to remember the other two, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Add to the customer experience. Say that again, I'm sure one of them is does it add to the customer
1: experience, which you could argue is that is one yes yeah, it's going to wind up being a referral creator or a churn reducer, which kind of yeah. falls into both revenue and cost reduction, yeah. but yeah, but
0: I think that gets so overlooked, and then last but not least is I think a measure I learned this from a guy that built a four hundred million dollar company and and I just was like that's it's just so simple and so smart is that really each employee needs to generate a minimum of three times their cost or they need to go. And, and the, the thing that I think we have throughout our portfolio had a challenge with is that we don't let people go fast enough. They, they, if there's not a fail fast mentality enough with particularly, well, well, with people and projects. It's like, you know, is this thing going to work or is it not going to work? But it might languish on for, you know, two and a half years and a couple million dollars. And then it's like, ah, that's now it's still not working. Let's let it go. I think we just have to, you know, think when we're looking at anything about how do we make things fail fast? How do we build them to break fast and measure that? And then last but not least, I love um, uh, John Doerr's uh, OKRs, the objectives and key results that is in the measure what matters book. I, I, th- I think that's a, that's a key. So I'd flop all that stuff out on the table with the things you've got. And then we have to whittle them down to seven. <laughs> I don't know if we can do that today, but or 10, we're at 10. Cause a lot of the ones you mentioned, like,
1: you know, like what you talked about the two list, a lot of that's defining what's the problem we're solving. Are we solving a revenue problem? Are we solving an expense problem? Like, why are we doing this? So, what is the yeah, specific that objective
0: that we have? focus is key, though. That, like, yeah, why, so why focus is, is really important. This is why it's good to
1: just talk with you from time to time and let other people listen in. I had never heard that 3 to 1 ROI for people before. I like it because, frankly, the stand, that's the pretty low standard, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, 3 to 1 is, like, that's... That shouldn't be that hard. I mean, th- like it's not like you're saying ten to one or something. Right. And, and so,
0: and it's and easy, if not that. It's also easy because, like, then when you've got people who are not revenue producers, like you've got somebody in accounting, it's like, okay, well, then you need to you need to find out a, a way through efficiency or savings to pay for yourself times three, right? And mm-hmm. that's a challenge. Or if you were gone. If you
1: were gone, why would that all of a sudden cost us triple? Where, where, right. if you were no longer here, what would slip through the cracks that, you know, and, and because there's plenty of ways when you're dealing with admin folks where it's like, well, I mean, who are you going to go get to like chase down this money or, you know, are you going to pay this bill? How much do you cost? I mean, so a lot of it is, well, this person does stuff that if they weren't here, I would have to do and I'm pretty expensive. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a very fair measure than, 'Cause in like if somebody's just doing stuff to make us more efficient, you know, almost certainly there's a three to one ROI there. So that, right. that's gonna take care of a lot of your, you know, admin type crew, right. as long as they're getting paid at least a third of what you make, which they certainly should be. So yeah, that seems that seems pretty good. And and Okay, if we so get what, all these what's people, on the chopping block then, do you think? What's on the chopping block in terms so we wanna talk right now about who
0: we got we got ten or, Are we going to go to nine or are we going to go to seven? What do you think? I feel good about, so I want to go back and review it. I feel, but
1: I either wanted to to kill one and get to seven or get to 10. And so if we're at 10, I feel like it's, I feel like it's solid. And what I added, Hey Ryan. So you said, Ryan, yeah. How can we get to seven in half the time? (laughs) I mean, you know, if we hadn't talked about this in real time, but we're showing our work then nobody would ever know. You could just kill a couple of them and see if anybody notices. Now, it probably could get cut down, but here's what I got so far based on what based on what you added. So number one, define the problem. I think that's where it needs to begin. Two, narrow the focus. We've defined the problem. Now, what is the, the specific focus of, of, of what we're doing? And I think that when you define the problem and then you narrow the focus on, yeah, but what's the specific thing that we're going to do? Because probably this one task is not going to solve all that problem. That's going to be important. Number three, assign the chunks. And so, not just chunk the project, but assign the chunks. So that's what I got. Number three: every project is made up of a series of mini projects. Clarify the mini projects and define who is uniquely responsible for each one. Because uh, very often, especially in smaller entrepreneurial companies, it's like the CEO that winds up being responsible for everything. Yep. And and it can't be that way. So it's like, cool. This project is made up of a bunch of mini projects. You got this. You got this. Let's figure it out. That's basic project management type stuff. It's, it's just stuff we don't usually do. Yeah. We I mean, this is, none of this is like, important. <laughs> right. You've never heard of this. I mean, we're not saying you haven't heard of this. We're saying you're probably not doing it. So number four, stack compounding tasks. So let's make sure that the work that everybody is doing at any given time is generally compounding one another. And it's the reason when we talk about doing quarterly sprint planning, you know, it's scalable. We select an overarching theme you know, for like a quarter. It doesn't mean that people won't work on some stuff outside of that theme, but if we can align more activities to a given theme, compounding will happen. Number five, create the single threaded teams. And I think that's especially helpful now that we got the chunks. So this team can only work on one chunk at any given time, right? So we're going to do that. Assemble resources ahead of time. I forget which one you mentioned, but it was absolutely like, let's make sure we got all of our stuff because I can't tell you how many times we've been stalled out because we realize, oh crap, we don't have this. Like now we need to stop everything to get this. Make sure you got it before you start. Do other stuff until you got it. Change the unit of measurements and then eight, have
0: the time. I think you could get rid of a change the unit of measurement to go into the chunking. Because if we're chunking, then that is by definition.
1: But now I'm back to nine. I'm back to nine, you sadist. Show your work and then raise the bar. We're at 10 right now. You want to take me to nine? Yeah. What's wrong with you? I was Nine's at eight. Perfect. Nine is worse. Nine is way like worse than ten. Better than nine. Nine is gross. Who you ever <laughs> seen a top nine? Find like one TV show of the top nine travel destinations. Everybody just be twitching because it's not how it goes. It's a top ten
0: countdown. It's ten or it's seven or it's three. I mean, Google reduced the results on Google search from ten to I think seven. You know, I was fine with seven. It's either three, it's seven, it's
1: 10. It's the rule. I don't make up the rules, Roland. These are the rules. Look, here's what we're going to do, team. We're going to review these and uh, we're going to you know, document them and we're going to come up with report back on what the final version is. when We've had time to think about it. Sound good? I like it. Yeah, sounds great. Because if you, if you make me drop down to nine, my OCD cannot abide. <laughs>
0: All All right. Well, (laughs) assuming that you guys are interested in this kind of stuff, which I don't know why you wouldn't be interested in, how can I get more? We're talking about efficiency here, right? If we look at effectiveness, that's the ability to get things done and we look at efficiency, the ability to get them done expediently, then we're really focused here on how can we become more efficient. And if we can double our efficiency and achieve the same effectiveness, the same outcome, then that's a really powerful thing. So that's what we've been talking about. And we talk about all kinds of stuff like this all the time. And two of the places that you can look for that one is in how we run our businesses, which is a result of trial by fire and living in the trenches. That's all at scalable.co, not scalable.com. And is that general site the best place for people to look, Ryan, for stuff from Scalable?
1: Yeah, check out scalable.co. If you click the link at the top, you can get our, our playbook on how we scale companies. And there's some videos on there and stuff like that as well. Yeah, scalable.com.
0: Nice. And the other place is right here on this podcast, which you can be reminded to always listen to every single week by subscribing to it. And if you want to help share this with other people, we would sure appreciate if you would give us a five star review and say this is cool stuff and other people can benefit from it too. And we appreciate you guys being here and listening and we will see you on the next podcast. What if three days could change the course of your business in 2023? Get Scalable Live is where you'll gain great clarity on the next steps that will help you create the business, life, and wealth you deserve. Connect with business owners and entrepreneurs just like you, hungry for advice, proven strategies, and necessary connections to grow a business. Literally million-dollar conversations are happening in the hallways, in the bathrooms, (laughs) across tables. Get Scalable Live at Fairmont Austin, November 2nd through 4th. Tickets are on sale now at GetScalableLive.com.